0: Hello, and welcome back to the 3AM Mystery Club. I'm Brandon.
1: I'm Rowena.
2: And I'm Derek.
0: So before we get started tonight, we're going to take care of some, as they say, housekeeping issues. Um, First, I want to say that we, for the summer, just the summer only, we are going to start recording just one day a week. We will be airing one episode on Mondays. And um, that's to free up some time in the summer. Everybody's a little more busy in the summer. At least we find ourselves busier. And It'll give us more time to do more in-depth things, and also, we plan to use the extra time to work on special content for our supporters. If you if you check out our show notes or our social media, you'll find that we have shared a link for um, Anchor, which is who hosts our podcast. Where you can, uh, if you're so inclined, but no obligation, you can contribute anything you want to us to help us to help sustain the podcast and we will be working on exclusive content for our supporters. And again, no obligation. We, your only obligation is to, to have, to, to enjoy what we say, what we tell you. So speaking of that, it's my turn tonight. I got a really strange one for you guys, and I'm jumping out of the uh, comforts of the United States and heading to the UK tonight. So again, brace yourselves, cause this is a, this is a weird one. Pipe Hayes Park is as beautiful and picturesque as it gets. The park is located in a quiet suburb called Erdington, which is a part of Birmingham in the UK. It's known as a perfect place for kids to play and for families to picnic. Every year there's a bonfire and a spectacular display of fireworks. People love to jog around the duck pond, which is home to many species of water birds, but no amount of beauty or nature can conceal the darkness that fell on the park on two separate but eerily similar occasions, 157 years apart. This is the story of the Erdington murders. Mary Ashford and Barbara Forrest were both 20 years old and both spent their final evening on earth dancing the night away. And for both young women, That final evening was May 27th, but 157 years apart. Both met their demise in the same location, Pipe Hayes Park in Birmingham, and both were brutally murdered in almost the same way. But one of the most chilling similarities is that the prime suspect in both cases was a man named Thornton. In 1817, Mary Ashford worked as a general servant and housekeeper for her uncle on his farm. On May 26th, Mary worked as usual, but had plans to attend a party later that evening at a pub called The Three Tons. The party was an annual event that always attracted a large crowd. Following work, Mary met her good friend Hannah Cox at Hannah's house. There she changed from her work clothes into her party clothes. The two friends made their way to The Three Tons around 7.30, finding the event already in full swing. Sometime during the evening, Mary caught the eye of 24-year-old Abraham Thornton. He was said to be a heavy man, but beyond that, his description ranged from well-looking to repulsive. I guess beauty has always been in the eye of the beholder. It was reported that when Thornton spotted Mary, he told an acquaintance that he had been intimate with Mary's sister and that he would also be intimate with Mary. He was laying claim to the young woman, it would appear. He eventually approached Mary and the two spent much of the evening together talking and dancing. By all accounts, Mary was enjoying the company of Thornton. Hannah had found her own suitor, a young man named Benjamin Carter. Sometime around 11 p.m., Mary's friend Hannah encouraged her to leave the party with her so they could head home. Mary agreed and Thornton and Carter invited themselves to go along. Mary decided that she would stay at her grandfather's house since it was close to her work and it was so late in the evening. Cox went her own way home, Carter went back to the dance, and Mary, along with Thornton, headed in the direction of her grandfather's house. It's unsure exactly what happened next, but Thornton was spotted with the young woman around 2.45 a.m. and at around 4 a.m. Mary showed up at Hannah's to pick up the work clothes she had left there earlier. Hannah said Mary seemed content and had told her that she spent some time with Thornton before the two parted ways and she headed back there to fetch her work clothing. Mary was seen by a three-tons party-goer shortly after that, which was the last time she was seen alive. Who knew people could party so hard in 1817? I mean, rolling in from a dance after 4 a.m.
2: <laughs> That's what I was thinking. 18 In 1817, people are partying that hard at a club?
0: Yeah, I even thought it was weird that she was going to go stay at her grandfather's. Like, was she going to just knock on the door? It's not like she was going to, like, text or call. like, And he'd be like, what the hell are you doing here at- you know, midnight or whatever, 4 a.m.
2: I'm oh gonna drop, drop my work clothes off. I'm going to the <laughs> club tonight. <laughs> and well then she you, goes
0: back to pick them up, like waking more people up.
1: You know what they say, ain't no party like an 1870 party.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. So at just near 6.30 a.m., a man named George Jackson was headed to work when he found a pile of women's belongings laying in a pit of water. As he looked closer, he noticed one of the items was a woman's shoe, and it was covered in blood. The man ran for help, and someone brought along a rake to retrieve the items from the pit, but they found more than they expected as Mary's dead body came to the surface. Mary had visible bruising on her arms, and it appeared that she had been raped before her death, which was believed to be from drowning. Footsteps were found nearby that appeared to show a man and a woman walked to the area together, but the man returned alone. Investigators were called to the scene, and it didn't take long for Abraham Thornton's name to come up. Police were certain they had to look no further than Thornton to find Mary Ashford's killer. Police arrested a confused Thornton who told them, quote, I cannot believe she is murdered. Why? I was with her until four o'clock this morning. End quote. During this interrogation, Abraham told detectives he had sex with Mary. And afterward, they talked and gazed up at the sky until around 3 a.m. before he walked her back to Hannah's house. So I guess they, you know, as you do in 1817, you go out dancing and then hook up in a field under the stars.
1: This, this feels very scandalous.
0: I know, for 1817, like, doesn't it? Like,
1: I'm clutching my pearls right now. <laughs> yeah,
0: like, I need a fainting chair.
1: Like, yeah, where's my fan?
2: You need a fainting chair and a purse stool.
0: Yes, <laughs> a purse stool. <laughs> so he said when he walked her back to Hannah's, he waited for her outside, but she didn't come back soon enough. So he just, you know, he kind of went home. And he swore that was the last time he saw Mary alive. But police weren't buying a story. So Thornton's case was sent to trial, which began on August 8th, 1817. Everyone in town was convinced Thornton had murdered Mary Ashford. But he did have three witnesses to corroborate his alibi after he last saw Mary around 4 a.m. After he says he last saw Mary around 4 a.m. So the fact that three people supported his claims and with the lack of physical evidence, Thornton was found not guilty by a jury. Mary's brother William Ashford refused to accept the decision and appealed for a second trial. Thornton responded to the appeal by asking to defend his not guilty verdict with a trial by battle. I'm not kidding. He asked for and was granted.
1: Wait, what was it? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> like a joust, a duel? Like,
0: yeah, we're talking Game of Thrones. You know, this medieval.
1: Like, like, it was
0: essentially a fight to the death to prove his innocence.
1: Like with swords or pistols. Like I need. I'm getting a visual
0: here. I'm not sure it could even be bare hands. I'm, they, oh my gosh! Since since her brother William Asher did not respond to the invitation that it didn't happen unfortunately so thornton's not guilty verdict was upheld but i really do wish they had gone for it i would love to know how that trial by battle would have turned out
1: and can you imagine the newspapers back then because newspapers (laughs) back then would have totally went with this hardcore.
0: oh yeah yeah. trial by battle in huge letters above (laughs) the fold and also like while Eighteen seventeen seems like so long ago that people wouldn't have been partying and and having sex in a field. It seems too, way too late for a battle by, tri- by uh, or a trial by battle.
1: <laughs> right, right. As, as a reader of historical romance, <laughs> this is not. This is blowing my mind right now.
0: Yeah, it was an easy way to get out of a second trial, though.
1: I suppose
2: <laughs> in all ways across the board, this is not how I envisioned eighteen seventeen.
0: Right. I was like blown it, away.
1: It kind of sounds like a play, like a fun time.
0: <laughs> that was the UK, you know, they had a lot more, they had and have a lot more fun than we do here sometimes. This is this
1: is true. This <laughs> is true.
0: So needless to say, Mary Ashford's case was never solved. And 157 years later, the community of Erdington was reminded of that when history repeated itself in the most chilling way. So now we are in 1974. Barbara Forrest was working as a nurse in a children's home in Birmingham. It was rare for the deeply religious 20-year-old, but on the night of May 27th, she decided to take her boyfriend up on his offer to take her out dancing. Barbara and her boyfriend, Simon Belcher, spent the evening dancing at a number of pubs before they decided to call it a night at around 1 a.m. That's when Belcher says he walked Barbara to catch her bus home. He says that was the last time he saw her. Barbara never made it home and was reported missing. A few days later, her body was found in a ditch near the edge of Pipe Hayes Park. Barbara had been raped and strangled before being dumped in a ditch, much like Mary. The body was discovered just 500 miles from her home and about 300 yards from where Mary's body was found 157 years before. So a massive manhunt was soon underway. Simon Belcher was ruled out as a suspect right away, so authorities focused on other men Barbara was acquainted with. One man stuck out to them. Michael Ian Thornton worked with Barbara and lived nearby her and the park. And when police went to interview him, they reported that he appeared to have bloodstains on his pants. Thornton's only alibi for the night of the murder was from his mother, and police were able to rule that alibi as false. So they picked Thornton up and charged him with the rape and murder of Barbara Forrest. Thornton was then put on trial, and history continued to repeat itself. Due to lack of evidence, Thornton was acquitted of the rape and murder, and much like Mary's brother, Barbara's sister refused to accept the not guilty verdict. And Michael Thornton requested trial by battle. I'm fully Again. kidding. I'm fully kidding. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> when I say I just like wiped my desk off in a dramatic fashion to hit the <laughs> unmute button, <laughs> like, I had to say it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was muted, but I was like, what?
1: <laughs> I, I just, I just like moved everything out of the way so I could hit the mute
0: (laughs) button. But no, years later, she did actually refuse to accept the verdict, but it was way later. As late as as, and as late as 2012, she demanded that uh, the investigation be reopened and DNA evidence be looked at closer now that there have been so many advancements in forensics. But police would never comment on whether or not they would reopen the case, but were quoted as saying, There are no further DNA opportunities to explore. Erica Forrest, however, doesn't believe that. She told news outlets, quote, they certainly did have samples. If they have been lost, somebody should tell us. When you see these people who go on and on about the rights of prisoners, they never think about the rights of victims. It's the victims who serve a life sentence. It's there all the time, like a volcano waiting to erupt. End quote. So if you're keeping score. Let's do a rundown of the similarities of this case, of these cases. Mary and Barbara were both killed on May 27th, which is some UK holiday, and I should have looked it up. It's, it's like an event. That's why there was a dance that's going on. I'm going to kick myself for not looking that up and being completely informative, but I'm sorry. So they're both killed on May 27th. They were both murdered in Pipe Hayes Park. Both were 20 years old. They were both killed after a night of dancing. The suspects were both named Thornton. Both of the suspects were acquitted. And both cases remain unsolved to this day. On a Reddit thread, I I saw that they even shared a birthday, but I couldn't find any, you know, anything to back that up. And we know sometimes Reddit is just gonna Reddit and say what they want. But um there's one more similarity that I want to mention. Both women reportedly had a sense of doom leading up to the murders. Barbara Forrest was even quoted as saying, this is going to be my unlucky month. I just know it. Don't ask me why. And apparently Mary Ashford had told her friend's mother that she had a bad feeling about the week to come. So what do you guys think about these parallels?
2: This is all very odd. I mean, there were so many similarities, but the number one thing that I think is so crazy is how are the suspects both named Thornton?
0: Yeah, it's like, you have to like let your mind run wild for a minute and think about things like reincarnation and just, I don't know, like, these synchronicities. It's just blown my mind when I heard this case. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to talk about this case.
2: Yeah, that's very weird. I could see Reddit having a field day with this because the the similarities that are there are strange. Yeah,
0: very.
1: This reminds me of the Kennedy-Lincoln connection where... Lincoln had a secretary named Kennedy and Kennedy had a secretary named Lincoln. Yes. And, you know, it goes on, they, they died within days of each other or was it on this exact same days, but it was, it was something to that nature. It was just, it was very eerie. How oh, similar yeah. everything was.
0: Trust me. I, I, yeah, I felt the same way. In fact, I wrote notes about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I have the, the names Lincoln and Kennedy, each have seven letters Lincoln's killer, John Wilkes Booth, ran from Ford's Theater and was caught in a warehouse. Whereas Kennedy's killer, Lee Harvey Oswald, ran from a warehouse and was caught in a theater. Both successors, both successors, were Southern Democrats named Johnson. Lincoln had a secretary named Kennedy. Kennedy had a secretary named Lincoln. Yeah, and there's there's a lot more of those similarities.
2: I didn't know all of those.
0: Yeah, yeah. They both
2: even had this. Their successor even had the same name.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah, Lyndon Johnson succeeded Kennedy, and Andrew Johnson succeeded Lincoln, Um, (laughs) I don't know for sure, I'm going to cut that out of not. (laughs)
2: That that does make you wonder if there's something...
1: Like it almost feels like a universal or, you know, to get into the really far out there conspiracies, like a a multiverse timeline, past life... Conspiracy.
0: Yeah, and I love a good multiverse theory and story. And Me too. Oh my like, gosh. Yeah, I love parallels. And there's and but the, yeah, the the uh the Pipe Hayes Park, the Erdington murders, just that is mind blowing. Like the age, the ages, the location, the suspects. It's I don't know. I wish somebody would do some kind of deep dive and probably they probably have on whether the Thorntons were actually somehow related along, you know, down the line. I
1: like, wonder if it was maybe like a, a familial copycat killer, like, like someone's great, great grandpa did it. And it was like family lore. And then he got obsessed with it. And then he decided to do the. I don't know. I'm just reaching be. here.
0: But. I mean, you know, that would actually be an explanation. Like, you know, there are serial killers in the U S that I've actually thought, i thought about covering like the alphabet killers, like, They feel like somebody with the name A, first name A, last name A, first name B, last name B, like these little subtle things like to prepare, like to parallel their own little thing. But yeah, I mean, what if somebody was trying to copycat this and nobody realized it, but I, and everywhere, every source that I had, nobody mentioned that as a possibility. It was just completely to them, completely random, almost like the Mary Ashford murder was kind of a forgotten thing until Barbara Forrest was murdered. And everyone was like, wow, wait a minute. There are these very similar and scary cases.
1: Yeah, if I was a cop, they would probably hate me because I'd be like, "It, it's a cop." <laughs> like, <laughs> I would, I would hound that theory. Yeah.
2: And then, get I, there. And,
1: and then I would go on this deep, you know, mega blockbuster movie scenario time. You know, what do they call a um, montage? Yes. Where I ruin my career and then I regain it back by finding the one tiny connection. <laughs> That solves the case.
0: Yeah, this is a crazy one. Um, hold on, there was somewhere where I said somebody moved to the U.S. and I must have missed it.
1: Oh, that reminds me of the Jack the Ripper killer theories. Is that it was a U.S. doctor, and that the killing stopped when he moved back to the U.S. Which different era, you know, different times, but still, that, that, that seems in. to be a good, a common theme among. I think it
0: was actually Abraham who moved to the US, which was weird because it's 1870. Oh uh, no, we got busy talking about the um the trial by battle. <laughs> and I left out that despite the not guilty verdict being upheld, the public never accepted it. So Thorne eventually left the country for the United States.
1: He was exiled.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I think this is a, you know, the the I think both of these cases kind of resulted in, in the way a lot of my cases do. There are obvious suspects who we believe are the killers but they just could never be actually found guilty i do believe that you know both of the Thorntons killed these women i mean i think that's just clear even because even the first guy mary ashford's killer like he nobody ever believed he was not guilty he even like even left the uk for the united states so i think um i think this is just a couple early cases of you know
1: if only they had dna testing back then
0: yeah That's why her, you know, Barbara's sister was like, "Let's do some DNA testing now." But I feel like there was probably some police work that didn't get done from 1974 to today. So yeah, I don't know
2: what was on the 1817 club playlist.
1: (laughs) Get that harp action in.
0: Yes.
2: (laughs) Wouldn't you love to see them dancing? Then
1: imagining it. You you gotta stay two feet. Two feet apart. You cannot be touching, or you're or you're a whore.
0: You <laughs> save that for the walk home.
1: That's right. Then you can touch in the field.
0: <laughs> I'm imagining them dancing like in their 1817 clothes, but with like modern music right now in my head, and it's funny.
1: Like a night's tale. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Remember that movie? Yep. God bless Heath Ledger. <laughs>
0: know uh, it's because it's so much easier to, to laugh at crimes that are older than
2: 40 years old
1: i know because because you know it's okay to
2: laugh. At them. wasn't that Romeo and juliet movie like that Yeah. yes
1: it was which i'm still mad that she chose leonardo dicaprio over paul rudd i will never forgive her for that
0: oh paul rudd would have been so much better than that oh he's such
1: a dad <laughs>